This is Thursday, November 18th. I remember being rocked with the news from Benghazi near Christmas time of 2013. The news reached us about a teacher from Texas that was living there. Yes, you got that right. Ronnie Smith and his wife Anita and son were living in Libya and working at the International School in Benghazi. After the U.S. ambassador was killed two years before, the Americans left. All except Ronnie and Anita, his wife. One student said, He, that's Ronnie, was the most amazing person, more like a best friend or a family member. After everything that happened in Libya, we were losing hope. He was the only one who was supporting us. Now you might ask what this family was doing in Benghazi, of all places. Yes, Ronnie is a Christian, and yes, he had been warned about the security situation in Benghazi. Then, Ronnie and Anita, they talked and prayed about the dangers. Sadly, on December 5th, Ronnie was out for his morning run when he was gunned down. Less than two weeks later, Anita wrote an open letter to the Libyan people. No, it wasn't filled with anger over what happened. It spoke only of love and forgiveness. In part, Anita said, To his attackers, I love you and I forgive you. How could I not? For Jesus taught us to love our enemies, not to kill them or seek revenge. Jesus sacrificed his life out of love for the very people who killed him. His death and resurrection opened the door for us to walk on the straight path to God in peace and forgiveness. Now, astoundingly, Ronnie's love was shared all over the Muslim world. TV stations in Libya, Egypt, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait carried the story. Anita explained in Arabic about her love for the people and even the attackers. In a world driven by hate and a thirst for revenge, nobody had seen anything like this in Libya. They had seen tanks and guns and soldiers, but they had never seen love like this. As I read the story, how could I not think about Jesus and how he was born into danger and lived his life under threat and died to save his enemies? Now this week we've been looking at the letter Jeremiah sent the Jewish exiles that had been carried off to Babylon. His letter tells them they need to rethink their situation. They were expecting to go home just any day, but the Lord told them they would need to settle down. Then there is this surprising command. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. That's Jeremiah 29.7. Yes, the Jewish people whose lives had been torn apart by war are to seek the peace of their enemies. Again, there is nothing like this in the world. Hatred seems to have a very long shelf life. It can be sustained and grow across generations. We see that in the Middle East. But here was the command of God to bring peace, to help the city prosper. Now we wonder how to translate this into terms we can understand today. 
We're not in Babylon or Benghazi, but we're here in Miami. What does seeking the peace of our city mean? Well, that word peace is a loaded word in Hebrew. It carries a lot of freight. It means fullness, wholeness, soundness, completeness. In practical terms, it means protecting our neighbors from harm, coming alongside of them to relieve distress. It means fostering a child that has no home, tutoring a child that has fallen behind in school. It means working to make sure people have adequate housing and medical care. Yes, it's basically the provision, support, and care that will lead our city to greater health. It's leading people to peace with God and with each other. It means helping people find jobs that will build their sense of dignity and provide for their families. It's inviting people into a community of faith where we can learn to walk together and love one another despite vast differences between us. It's seeing ourselves as God's ambassadors, bringing the life of his kingdom to every corner of our city. Now, of course, this is a tall order. None of us can fill it. But each of us can have a little part in it. We can begin right where we live by giving time to a neighbor, by practicing hospitality and finding ways to give ourselves to serve others. That's what Ronnie and Anita Smith were doing in Benghazi. They didn't have any illusions about changing the world. They were only thinking of using the gifts God gave them to spread his peace, the true shalom of the kingdom of God. Why, do we take, why don't we take this as our mission? This is the mission of Jesus. This is the mission he himself took. He entered into our world on mission to serve others, not to be served. And yes, what Jesus did has changed our world. And he continues to change our world one person at a time, as is evidenced in your life. Like in Libya, the world has seen division and violence, hatred and oppression. Let the world see the love of Jesus at work in you and in me. Let's pray. Lord God, we are taught to put ourselves first, yet we see Jesus has made himself the servant of all. Continue to teach us this way of Jesus so that we might come to walk as Jesus walked, to the praise of your glorious grace. Amen.